0: Welcome good moms. If you ever doubt that you're a good mom, you are in the right place. I am Jodi Schilling, mom of four and a former educator. And on this podcast, we talk about all the hard topics. We talk about the pressures and the demands that are placed on moms and more importantly, how to get past all of that so you can do you. Let's define good mom on your terms. Moms, this is episode 40 and we are talking about going back to school. I'm going to give you some pointers and some ways to frame this and even with it being post-pandemic, the first year back, we are going to tackle how do we set up a school year for success? I'm glad you're here. Oh my goodness. I just want to take a moment to say that I really appreciate you listening. I have I had no idea what I was really going to talk about and do when I had the idea for the podcast. And I I hope that as it's evolving that you're finding the topics to be really relevant and you're finding things that are helpful, but please give me some feedback on that. If there are topics or requests for topics, I would love to address those. And so reach out to me if that's the case. I would love to hear from you. Okay, so back to school. The first thing I want to say about going back to school is that with the world still being different than it was pre-pandemic, I think that there's an added, we are we already have the transition and the demand of having those routines again with school and then the homework and the lunches and Just the whole process of whether you have kids that are young or kids in middle school or high school or even kids in college, or if you happen to have grandkids, even there's something about the school routine that seems like, as we go into it, a lot of times moms feel some relief that there's, you know, there's kids back in school and that it it really forces us to have more of a routine after a long summer. But You know, for others, it's stressful to think about having to keep up with everything with school. So what I'd like to do is help you kind of like lower your expectations in a way, but also be able to decide for yourself what's important to you. And I just want to share some thoughts both as a mom and as a former teacher and then as a school administrator, I feel like I have the triple lens on this. (laughs) So so I think it could be really helpful and especially with kids that have neurodiversity also. So one of the first things to think about I think with going back to school is just this concept that it's a fresh start and a clean slate for everybody. And I think when we go into anything with feeling like we have this this opportunity, this you know, this chance to shine and especially for our kids I think that when we can convey that message to them at whatever stage they're at just you know not building up so much excitement that if you know that can be overwhelming for them too but more that it's like oh this is going to be you know a great year and what are you look what are you most looking forward to about it or you know do you have any worries about it and I think talking to our kids and recognizing for them too that they're going into another unknown, right? They're going to meet, for some of them, it could be a school that's familiar to them, but they're still going to be unknowns. They're going to be in a new classroom. They're going to be new kids or, you know, new teachers, that kind of thing. So I think being, you know, being aware of that and not getting so caught up in the frenzy of, we have to get all the school supplies and, you know, we need to get this done and have this ready and, And that's what I was going to share about as far as lowering expectations a bit. I, first of all, I just have to confess that even though I was a teacher, (laughs) I was the mom when I would go get supplies. I was the one who went the week before and there would be, it was a crazy time, right? I had four kids and they were all between two and three years apart. So it just was crazy. (laughs) We had college ruled paper and wide ruled paper and It was like an algebra problem to figure out, you know, who had, who needed markers and who needed crayons and oh my goodness. But what I can tell you from the school side is that yes, there's that supply list that the teachers and the school hands out, but there's also some grace given. And if you can't find a particular item, it's not something to be super stressed about. And you can also let your child know that they will get that item, that it will be restocked at the store and you will get it and they will have it and it will be okay. That's just a side note on school supplies. (laughs) The other thing though is when we think about the way we wanna frame the school year, we're gonna look back on the school year in May or June, right? And we're gonna be able to tell a story about it. And chances are there's gonna be some huge exciting wins for our kids this year, right? They're gonna, whatever milestone they're going through right this year, they're gonna tackle something. They're gonna achieve something and conquer some goal. And they're gonna have success with either academically or socially or with sports or music or whatever their interests are. And we also can predict, and this is going to be pretty accurate that they're going to have some things that suck this year, right? There's going to be, it might be the year for one of our kids that it is not their favorite teacher, right? It, It could be the year that heaven forbid, one of our kids is teased or bullied and, or there could be like their first breakup or, you know, all of these things that are just part of life, right? We can fairly accurately predict that we're going to have 50% of the time it's going to have amazing, wonderful wins and great things. And then the other 50 is going to (laughs) suck and there's just going to be some crappy things that happen. And so I think for me anyway, once I learned that 50-50 concept and I stopped trying to want everything to be happy and good and positive, then it just really helped me so much to just know that we can just be present, we can experience what we're gonna experience, we can, we can try to make it the best we can make it, but there's gonna be things we don't have control over. And that is part of life, right? So going into it just with this idea that, you know, whether we don't have an awesome start, we definitely can have a strong finish. Or if we start out really strong, you know, it could be that springtime is rough and that, you know, that could happen, right? could go either way. But also if you do have kids that, you know, are on the spectrum or that have other struggles with regulating mood, any of the, any of the different ways that brains learn and behave. One of the things I would like to share with you on the concept of a clean slate is that, I know for me as a teacher and also as an administrator, I always strongly advocated for teachers to not have conversations about kids from the prior year if, unless they were talking about the child's strengths and the child's growth. And not that I didn't want to talk about the whole child and the whole picture, but what I found was a lot of times what we remember. Was you know, what was so memorable were the kids that the prior year may have struggled a lot. And then there that would be the frame that teachers would talk about kids who struggled in preparation for, you know, whatever classroom they were going into. And so I always feel like, yes, we can talk about that if we are going to talk about what helped them, what helped them most you know what worked to help support positive behaviors or help them with getting their homework done or you know any of those things but but I think when you advocate for your kids as a mom that's one thing you can advocate for you can say I really appreciate when you can have conversations about my child from the lens of their strengths and from their growth because Yes, they have these areas of challenge and they are working on them all the time. And so the more we can help them see that they're making progress and recognize their growth and their special talents that they have as well, then the more successful they can be. And you can frame that and advocate for that because teachers really don't go into teaching unless they care deeply for kids. I really believe that. But I also know that when they're managing a group of so many kids, sometimes the ones that struggle the most will, their frame of reference will be what stood out to them. And that can sometimes be shared in a way that feels like you're you're focusing on the struggle instead of the child's strengths. So I think that that's just, that's a great way to introduce yourself and your family to your new teacher, and your new school. On that topic, I'd also like to say that with a new school year, I think the way that we're starting to think about diversity and inclusion, I'm really hopeful about this, but I I think what's starting to shift is that kids who have any type of neurodiversity in their learning or their emotional processing – or their social skills have other areas of their brain that are very high functioning and very gifted. And I think that's such the beauty of a neurodiverse brain is that, you know, we used to have this standard where if you could sit still and be quiet and follow directions and, you know, there's this kind of normative behavior that we would expect in schools. Right. And, I think that we're starting to shift more to see that kids can have a huge range of learning behaviors and styles and ways of meeting their own emotional needs. And they can be really highly talented with their creativity and their other abilities socially, emotionally, athletically. There's so many intelligences that the brain is so fascinating that way. And so... I think that that's another way to frame if you are a parent who has a child who learns differently. And again, we all learn differently, right? <laughs> but if it's, if it's in that category where society has said, here's what we call neurotypical and your child has something that would be out of the range of neurotypical, in so many ways that can be a strength. In so many ways, that could be such a beautiful thing because the fact that they have that neurodiversity actually gives them this other part of their brain that works at such a high capacity and such a highly intelligent level. So it's just something so important to me and just as an educator and as someone who wants that message to be shared more and more. So as far as finishing out the school year, and the way that we're going to look back on it and the story we're going to tell about it. The other thing I would like to share is the idea that your decisions about you know whatever's going to make a routine that's feels doable for you. You need to trust your instincts and be able to give yourself grace in that whole process. Because so often what we do is we get into the school year and then Come like around October or so, we see, you know, all the moms talking about packing the lunches on Sundays for the week or something like that, you know. And then we start to think and compare ourselves and think, okay, well, I'm not packing lunches on Sundays. I can barely remember that I have to pay lunch money online and my kids just buy lunch. And then you're thinking, okay, I'm a bad mom, right? And so I just want to tell you right now that you can decide for your family what works best for you and again as a teacher and as a school administrator I never was on the other side thinking if a child didn't have cold lunch or hot lunch or you know if they missed their homework I was never that teacher or that school administrator that was judging the family or I was never condemning or judging Because (laughs) I was the mom who didn't, you know, I didn't always get everything done. I didn't always help my kids to make sure that all of their homework was completed. As a family with kids who struggle, we often are in what we call survival mode, right? We are dealing with things the best we can and it means that some things are going to go. And a lot of times it was homework, a lot of times it was making lunches that were healthy balanced <laughs> hummus and carrot sticks it didn't happen i'm telling you not at my house all not at least not all the time i definitely strived for things but it just was our reality right and so i i just want you if if your reality is not to have everything done and be perfect and have your kids always get all their homework done then i think it's okay I really, I really want you to know that I think, well, I know it's okay. My kids didn't. They're all doing fine and in their young 20s. And I promise you, I promise you, they did not get their homework turned in all the time. There was a point, I will tell you that there was a point where we also put the responsibility on them to take care of their homework and to set their own goals. So if they wanted to get good grades and they, and they knew what the requirements were for college as high school students and all of that, then they took on that responsibility. But I seriously did not have, I was not the mom who was looking at who had a test on Friday and who had a, some whatever project on Tuesday. I, I tried that when, I, when they were young. I tried to have a calendar. I tried to have a chore chart. I, it never worked for me. It just never did. And so as a, I'm just telling you, mom to mom, if that works for you, fantastic. That's awesome. But if it doesn't work for you, you're not a bad mom. Your kids could still be fine. They can learn some self-management skills of their own. And as a family, you can get into a rhythm that works for your family. And it may, you know, you may be the family who is this dates us but we were the family who always turned the movies in late we had like late fees on our movie rentals and that was part of our way that we lived our lifestyle wasn't that we prioritized getting the movie turned in to avoid the late fee what were we prioritizing we were just trying to get through the evening (laughs) seriously i mean we were trying to not have broken dishes and Screaming F bombs. Like we were just trying to maintain the best we could lots of times. And that sounds like a very chaotic home life. And it's not that that's what it was like all the time. But you can also have like one day a week, even where you have these chaotic times and these struggles. And it can take a lot of energy and it can be very disruptive for you. And then you need some recovery time from that. And so like I said you fall into your own rhythm as a family and what I can recommend for you whatever stage you're at this year going into the school year whether you have kids that are neurotypical or kids who are neurodiverse if you are a family that has the calendar and that works for your family and it's it's not an added pressure it's not something that everyone's stressed out about because if you don't you know you don't get everything on the calendar then there's this you know, added level of anxiety. But if instead that really helps your family and that reduces anxiety, awesome. That's fantastic. And so that's what I'm saying is you decide as the mom, you are really the leader, right? You're really the CEO of your family. We all know this. (laughs) I mean, I'm not bashing dads, but they have a different role and they usually don't, they're usually not. And there's exceptions for sure. So whoever the CEO of the family is, let's put it that way. If that's your style to have very tight schedule and to have routines around household chores and dishes and laundry, and if you're a family who has a different way of doing your routines, I can relate because that's the kind of family routine lifestyle we had. It was very loose and... Even though I was told that my kids who were neurodiverse needed more routine and needed predictability, we did have predictability. We had predictability in knowing that we were not going to find matched socks <laughs> and people were either going to wear them not matched or they were going to find their own solution for that. And the funny and crazy thing is, is that now that my kids are on their own, they, they do have their own routines. They each have their own organizational systems they're very functional and I still at home have my moments I will tell you I'm definitely better but it's still not my strength and that's okay it really is okay everything turned out okay without me being on top of everything all the time so just going into the school year know that Know that you can do it your way and you can make that choice yourself. You have the power for that and you have, you get to give yourself permission. You don't need permission from anyone for that. And you don't need anyone else's outside approval for how you do your family life. So I just, I want you to know that going into the school year. I think also having a little bit lower expectations, you know, it doesn't mean... It doesn't have to mean, let's put it that way, it doesn't have to mean that you lower your expectations and you're not being in integrity with yourself, right? I think that's another thing that we tend to do. We think, well, I do want to be a person who's on a schedule and I want that predictability for my kids. And so if you kind of let yourself off the hook a little bit, then you think you're out of integrity. And I want to offer to you that maybe you're not out of integrity. Maybe... Maybe it's reasonable with post-pandemic, new logistics to worry about at schools and you know, another transition, whatever else is going on in your life right now, or just personally for yourself, you're kind of realigning, right? You're, you got a little out of balance maybe and you're realigning and so maybe having those really high expectations for routines and everything, maybe this isn't the year for that for you. And that's another thing is that we can change this as we go. It's not like it's locked in forever. So maybe this year you try lowering expectations a bit. Or maybe this year you try making the expectations higher, right? Either way, you can give yourself that fluctuation. You can give yourself some grace with that. And that can be okay. A lot of times by doing that, you give your kids an opportunity to be more independent so that's what I have for you this week that was episode 40 going back to school a little longer than normal but I hope that you found some help with that and please reach out if I can offer any other specific assistance I will see you next week If you like this podcast, please rate and review so we can spread the word to other moms who are going through the same thing. You can also find me over on Instagram. You'll find links to my website there, information about my coaching program, and free resources. Thank you again for joining me. Have a great week and please rate and review.